Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. As we conclude this series, We Are Lakeland. The series um, is going to end today because Vision Sunday is next week. But the challenge continues to, to go. So as Pastor Ryan was saying, we challenge you. If it's not only the monetary thing, why don't you have an encouraging word for somebody? Why don't you just, like, talk to someone that is outside of your circle? We just want to uh, pour generosity into Lakeland like nev- never before. There's so many people that, that have been church hurt. There's so many people that, that kind of put their nose to the church. And sometimes I get it. But let us be the body of Christ and show people that we are generous through our actions through our love, and, and, and let's blow their mind. Sometimes when, when you do something nice for people, they're like, well, you didn't have to do that. Well, I did. Because, and you see that you see it in their face right away. You're like, they're like, thanks. Because you blew their mind with what? Generosity. Generosity. And we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit, but this month's challenge is moving forward, and um, the message series might be done today, but the, the, the challenge moves forward. And as we were looking at all these things, there's, we know that there's hesitations around the church. Um, uh, there's stereotypes that people have given with, with some failures in, in, the, in the body of Christ. But here at Axios, we want to find methods and avenues that are loving, accepting, and gracious, but unwavering in our faith and unwavering in the mission that God has given us as well. And who better to look at this, um, the way he lived, and the way we need to model our life, but the life of Jesus himself. And um, as, as in first, the first week of this, of this series, we brought the Great Commission into our, in, into our midst, and we talked about how God is using this not only for a pastor, but for you as well. And let's, let's think about that again. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 and 20. This is the mission for us. As a believer, this is our mission. And we're going to go forward in verse 18. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded them. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. I love this verse because it, it, it gets to the heart of what we're trying to do here at Axios. It doesn't say in, in, in the mission for us is, therefore, go and make huge buildings, which those are good. It is say, go and make sure you have the greatest light show, which those things are good. But it says, go and make what? Disciples. In making disciples, that means that we have to be intentional with people. People are not just, people aren't just wake up one day and they're like, I'm a disciple of Jesus. It's an intentional walk, even with our walk as, as believers. It's, 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 it's failing at times. It's getting up at times. It, it's, it's doing, it's reading our word. It's being discipled. And Jesus was the ultimate standard of how to handle people, just people in general. Can, who are the people, peop, the people, people? I love people. I love talking. I'm, I'm out. Uh, yeah, I know Janira. All right. Everybody else, he's like, I'd rather not talk to anybody. The whole church, obviously, everybody didn't raise their hand. All right, so we're doing great with our generosity challenge, all right? But Jesus, that's why we need to listen. So listen, take notes, okay? 
That's why we need to see what Jesus did in a culture. Listen to this. In a culture where Jesus was not liked, in a culture where he was not understood, in a culture where he was mocked for what he was presenting to them, the good news, in the midst of all that, he still showed us how to handle and love people in his community. But one thing I see that Jesus did is Jesus didn't look at people and put his nose to them. No, he looked at people as opportunity. So we're going to talk about today, looking at people not because of their issue, but what God wants to do in them. See, we can't look at people as projects. We can't look at people as problems. We can't see people and say, oh, they're too far off. No, because God gives us the opportunity to receive grace and salvation. The difference is the believers, our mindset is not like that because what we want to do because of our hurts and, and some of our the way we were raised is before we trust people, you have to prove, to your, prove yourself to me first. Before I invest my time, my energy, and my, and my resources into your life, I need to, you need to show me some things first. This is how we think. If, if Before I walk this thing out and I help you disciple, look how crazy we are. Before I help you disciple, I need you to do this thing for me first or act this way for me first. But if you look at the gospel, Look at the gospel. Don't look at our religious systems. Look at what Jesus says. If what Jesus says through his, his gospel, that perspective of performance-based does not work. Matter of fact, there's nowhere in the Bible Jesus says, hey, you need to do this first, and then I'll love you. There's nowhere in the Bible says, hey, you need to give this amount, then the miracle's going to come. No, no, no. Jesus' perspective was you were accepted even before you even said amen. And this is where we have to look at our culture and then look at our relationship with Christ. You cannot mix the both. Because our culture tells us you need to prove before I blank. Jesus says, you already, I've been accepted. All I want you to do is walk this thing out and change some perspectives in your life. Look, it, by us saying people need to prove their love to me first before I help them, is saying that the cross isn't enough. Because the cross, Jesus dying on that cross, he did it for people that weren't even born yet. He did it for people that, as he was looking down on the cross, were still mocking him. Yeah. And what has Jesus said? This is, he said, forgive them. But they don't know. If Jesus himself had so much compassion and love, if I was Jesus and I was on that cross, they beat me and I'm bleeding. I'm on that cross looking at these people. I'll say, God, curse them. Curse these people. I'll be like, God, that one right there with that robe, lightning now. 
for some, for some of the things, the way we speak about our brothers and sisters in Christ, we sh- it, it's, it's embarrassing. But Jesus didn't have that perspective. And if we're following, here's the thing. You got you to gotta, you gotta make up your mind who you want to follow. And I will love you no matter what. Do you follow a religious system or do you follow Jesus? Take, take two seconds real fast. Decide where you want to follow. Okay, that's two seconds done. Because if you follow Jesus, you got to do stuff a little different. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be out of your norm. It's going to be challenging at times. But the impact is so much greater. And that's what Jesus did. That's why they hated him. That's why they crucified him. Because he was doing things that they didn't understand. Where, where this lady was there and, and she was caught in adultery and Jesus started writing some things. He started doing the, the first, you know, little drawing and, and forgave her and said, hey, who, who cast the first stone? You know, if, who hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. And people are like, what are you talking about? Love. Like crazy love. So now we take that perspective, throw it into our year that we're living in now. We have to understand that performance-based doesn't work. Relationship does. Performance-based is not going to be the thing that operates the kingdom of God. No, relationship wouldn't. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that wants to commune with us? That wants a relationship with us? See, an opportunity mindset strips prerequisites. An opportunity mindset um, strips prejudgment. An opportunity mindset strips, uh, I have to think first and then I'll accept you. An opportunity mindset looks past like, hey, give me your story first and then we'll work it out. The reality is Jesus saw people's condition and didn't, didn't mind what they came with. All he knew is he had love and truth and an opportunity to give them salvation. Let's look at three stories in the Bible that we, we've heard about multiple times. And I'm going to do a little teaching here for a little bit, okay? I'm going to put my, my teaching hat on, so I need you to kind of follow me through, okay? We're going to be reading a little bit here, but I want you to stay connected, okay? Because there's a point to all this, okay? Because I really want you to get it. I can come up here and just scream at you and be like, ah, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, okay? But I want you to know that the Bible says this, okay? So let's, uh, we're going to go to the first one. that we want to see not people through their problems, but through the opportunity that God has for them. Number one is this, an unqualified woman. We have to look past social and cultural differences to see the heart and soul of people. This should have been point three, but I'm coming straight for you right now, okay? Let's go to John chapter four, verse four and seven. We talk here, the, the lady uh, at the well. If there was ever a cultural difference, if there was ever social, like, crazy injustice stuff, it was here. The Jews and Samaritans did not like each other. I mean, they hated each other to the point where they'll take an extra time to go around the city because they didn't want to associate with each other. Just by stepping on the foot of the Samaritan, uh, of the Samaritan land, they felt like it, they were disowning Jerusalem and Israelites. They hated each other. And we see here Jesus going towards a crazy situation. Let's go to verse 4. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Let me just stop right there. 
He said Jesus had to, had to go. Other people's options were going past the situation. Jesus had to go towards it. In people's life, let's just talk about some family members that you don't want to talk to. I'm challenging myself. That you don't want to talk to because they have hurt you? Are you going around the situation? Or are you going towards? I'm just talking. So he came to a town of Samaria near the plot of ground of Jacob that has given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by a well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Stop right there. They're by a well. Jesus is coming. He's tired. The lady's coming to draw water. Look what Jesus did at first. He found a common ground. He found the common ground. Sometimes the first conversation you have with people to, to show them Jesus is a common ground. Oh, you remember that? Did you see that football game? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A relationship starts, and then they start seeing Jesus in you, and then you can tell them about God. But at times, what we were told to is go to somebody and be like, hey, you're going to hell. Turn your way now, which I get it. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's true. It's right. It's right. But sometimes people aren't receptive to that. And that's not downing the, the gospel. It's just being wise with the tools God's given us. We have to meet people where this is, he met her where she is. And in verse 16, it says this. He told her, go call your husband to come back. And she said, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but, but you Jews claim that the place you were must be worshiped in Jerusalem. Let me stop right there. So what was the, the, Samaritan, the Samaritan people were, were Jews at that time, but they were just like like thrown out Jews, you know, they were dealing with situations and the Jewish people were like, the only place you can worship was Jerusalem. The only place you can worship is the temple. And the Samaritan people are like, well, I guess we're disqualified. We're disqualified from worshiping God. So this is what she's saying. Hey, we, we're, you're told us that we, we, we used to worship on this mountain, but now you're telling us we have to go to Jerusalem. And look what Jesus says. Jesus says, Jesus says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor Jerusalem. You, Samaritan, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and the time is now, that worshiper, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And they were kinds of worship for the father seeks. So then he goes on and talks to this lady. And finally, as he was talking truth to her, she realized he was the Messiah. Something in her, the spirit in her said, 
identified, hey, he's different. The, the way he speaks to me is not, it's truth, but I don't feel judged. The way he speaks to me, it, it, it's, it, it's impacting my life, but I don't feel like he's coming down on me. And then instantly, man, he's changed. He's, there's something different about this guy. She realized he was the Messiah because Jesus had this conversation with this lady because he knew the mission in her life. See, here's the thing. Others saw this woman with a bunch of issues. What Jesus saw was a missionary of the gospel. This is the difference. Others saw this woman as a woman that had five husbands, this woman that was living with this guy now, had all these problems, had all, was labeled all these things. But what did Jesus see this person? When he, she opened her eyes to her purpose, Jesus saw her as a missionary of the gospel. Because what happened the verse later on? She left that place, went to her town, and said, come and see the man that told me everything about my life. Come and see. She was, a, she was a missionary to her town for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This woman that had no qualifications, this woman that had every issue possible, met Jesus at a moment, and her perspective and purpose changed, and she now became a missionary to her town. How crazy is that? See, we have to give opportunities for people to not feel judged, but feel the, the conviction of Jesus in their life. But here's the thing. We are not, we're not called to judge, but we are called to hold others accountable. There's two different things. We have this thing a lot of, a lot of times when people are some, doing something stupid, and they're like, well, you're judging me. No, you're doing something dumb. I'm trying to help you here. Like, oh, you're just judging me. No, I just been there before, and I know the way that you're going is not going to be helpful for your life. Why do we have a generation that it's all about judging, 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 judging? Because they don't feel worth. They don't feel accepted. They get their acceptance from a like, but it's, it's empty. So they want somebody to keep them accountable and that's why we talked a couple, a couple months ago about this, the generational pool that we need. We need the old, we need the young. That's why the old can't have a mindset of religion. It won't work in this generation. How we used to do things, it don't work. So we want to get this generation. We have this all this mindset of this generation, this generation. Hey, this generation is a powerful generation if they have the right mothers and fathers that are going to direct them in accountability and not judgment. See, we have to understand that our roles are important. We can't look at each other and say, hey, this is that person with that issue. No, we have to look at them as an opportunity that God can use this person. So I have to be, if I have to be the person to help this person be accountable to their relationship with Jesus Christ, hey, let it be me because that's called the mindset of what? Discipleship. And what does the Great Commission say? Hey, we need to make what? Disciples. We complicate this thing sometimes. We can't be ready to tell people their issues and not be willing to walk it out with them. For far too long, we have uh, uh, people that say, hey, 
you, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, and then, and then people are like, okay, now what? Well, how can I get out of it? If you're not willing to help them through it, sometimes shut your mouth. And that's not, that's not saying, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be about it, be about it. If you're going to, if you're going to be a Christian, let's be a Christian. We can't have the, it's walking people out. It's like being and holding them accountable. It's being who God's called us to be. I'm not saying, listen, I don't feel, don't feel like I'm coming down on everybody. I'm not. I'm just trying to get us back to what Jesus intended us to do on this world. It's what our, it's us spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't let cultural bondage block this lady's internal purpose. We need to look and look past our color. We need to look past our cultural differences. We need to look past our political differences. Hello. We need to look past our economic differences and see people that they have worth and purpose. And God has a promise in their life. If God has a promise for your life and you were a wreck at one point, who are you to say this person don't have a promise in their life as well? It's time for us to be who God's called us to be. How do we break cultural differences? Love and respect for each other. and Showing each other that we have uh, worth and purpose. That's what Jesus did. Jesus gave them an opportunity. He didn't dismiss them. He didn't say your story is over. He said, no, keep on moving forward. I'm going to be here every step of the way. Another character that we see here that we can use to not have a problem but have an opportunity is, uh, is number two, is an epic failure. We all fail. We all fail. We all walk with failures that we feel distance us from God. But we need to show people that their failures is not distance. It's actually opportunity to draw nearer to God. Uh, let's, let's read here in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 and, and 11. This is um, the story of Peter when he first became a disciple. And he had an epic failure right here. An epic failure. One day, um, let's go to verse 1. One day... As Jesus was standing by the, the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the words of God. He saw, a, uh, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into the boat and, that was belonging to Simon and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat and talked to people. When he finished speaking to, them, to, to him, he said to, Simon, he said to Simon, put out into the waters and let down the nets for a catch. Simon, with excuses, say, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let it down. And when it was done, they caught such a large amount of fish that their boats began to, their, their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners, the other boat, to come and help them. And they came, filled the boats, and they began to sink. And when Simon saw this, he fell to Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I am a failure. For he said to all his companions that they were astonished about the fish that were taken. James and John and the, and the son of Zebedee's. Simon's partners. And Jesus said to them in Simon, don't be afraid, for now you will be fishers of for people. So they pulled their boats, they left everything, and followed him. 
I wanted to give you context to this story because they went to do a task that they did every day and they failed at it. And then this one day, it happened to be the day that Jesus is at their shore. And they pulled the boats in. And one of the most significant parts of the Bible that I, 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 I say, I look at it so significant, it said that he, they were what? Washing their nets. They were done. There's too many people that are washing their nets for, for in their relationship because they're done. People we work with, the people we are around the ball field with, they're just washing their nets. And, and we see here in a moment of failure and the decision is life, Jesus didn't look at his failure. Matter of fact, he looked at the purpose in Peter's life and said, hey, follow me. Others saw failure. Jesus saw a rock that I can build on. This is so good if we understand this about people. What we think about people is not what Jesus thinks about people. In reality, you can look at Peter as a failure. And if we're honest with ourselves, we look at people as failures. But Jesus looks at them as something they can build on. Because if you read, if you keep on going, it says, on this rock, Peter, I will what? Build my church. He gave the opportunity to have communion with Peter, even in the midst of the biggest failure in his life. See, we can look at failures and let it diminish our relationship with Christ, or we can look at failures and say, hey, it happened. I have an opportunity now to move forward. But what the enemy wants in our life is for us to continue to wash our nets. It's continue to give up on ourselves. Continue to give up on people. Continue to give up on, on relationships because they hurt us, because of this and this. And we can have so many excuses. We see the excuse that, that Peter gave him. Hey, we've been fishing all day. What are you talking about? Put your nets out. In a way, for a fisherman at that time, it probably was a little bit offensive. Because that occupation in their name is all they had. So not only is Jesus like on his boat, I mean, this man, think about this. He didn't know Jesus at this time. I heard about him. And this man is coming on his boat. Just like, didn't even ask for permission. Just walked on his boat and started being like, the kingdom of heaven. And if I'm Peter washing my nets, I'm like, who is this guy? I'm a, I'm a boat. But what happened? He said, if you said it, I would do it. People are willing for us to get into their space to see Jesus. And then they will say, hey, if you said it, I'm going to go. If you invite me, I will go. If you are a little persistent and get it, if you, if you pick me up, I will go. You, we have to give people opportunities to find Jesus. Don't be shy away from people because they have failures. No, help them and show them Jesus. Number three, another story that we talk about a lot is just the boy. Number three, just the boy. 
We need to understand and tell people and have people know what they have is enough for the king. We, we have to show people that where they are and who they are, Jesus can use. You don't have to be perfect to be accepted and used. Because there was a boy with a little bit of fish and some bread. And in my mind, it was like that Spanish bread. You know what I'm talking about? We got a little coffee. It had to be. It had to be. And I was going to read it, but let me just give you a little paraphrase of what it is. There's this boy. Jesus is, is preaching to a, a, a tons of people. And they were to the point of eating. They, wanted, they were all hungry. They've been there for a long time. And you know, when people are hungry, they hungry. Who are hangry people when they're hungry? Join the club. Just knows when I'm hungry. Everybody knows when I'm hungry. Because when you're hungry, you make unrational choices. So Jesus is trying to teach them the good news and realize that, you know, you know, when you're in a quiet room and everything, you hear, you know, what I'm talking. that person's hungry. Or they need to go to the bathroom. <coughs> There's this boy <coughs> that is in the crowd. In, insignificant. Like, he's just a boy. All he was doing just had a little fish and, and loads of fish. And he didn't know that day was going to be the day that his, what he had, was going to be the miracle. See, they saw a pointless boy... With fish, Jesus saw a heart of generosity for a miracle. Because when the disciples came to them, hey, can I, have your, can I have your lunch? What did the boy say? Nah, man, you can't have it. He said, hey, you can have the bread, but let me keep the fish. What did he say? Hey, go ahead. And because the heart of generosity in the boy, Jesus saw that and said, hey, Man, miracles can happen. And the fish started coming. And the bread started coming. And in my mind, this is the gospel area that Ben needs started coming. Because <laughs> your boy needs more than fish and bread. All right? <laughs> but the miracles started happening. Why? Because an insignificant boy. And what he thought he had wasn't good enough. But in the hands of God, it's more than enough. It's more than enough. And we need to, we need to help people know that, yeah, you don't have to be perfect to come to Jesus. There's too many people, even in my family, that I know that they're like, oh, one day when I get it all right, then I'll, come to, then, then I'll do it. Then I'll come to church. Oh, I have to get this set up and this set up, to, then, then, I'll, then I'll give my heart to Christ. What are you talking about? That's like the opposite. Like, come as you are. Like, you don't have to be washed up and then get more washed up. Come dirty. Come now. We got to be ready to just take people as they are and not look at them like, mm, no, 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 no. Come. Come with your addictions. Come with your anxieties. Come with your problems. Because there's a Jesus that can take where you are and turn your life around and make it something that's a miracle. How about your life? 
Look back. Sometimes we got to look back at our life and be like, dang, we, how the heck we got here? It's only Jesus' grace. It's only his mercy. I was once lost, and now I am found. So we need to have the same mindset that somebody looked at me when I was in my lost state and didn't look down on me. All I had was my life. All I had was this moment. And he, he took that moment, and look at me now. I'm a miracle, walking, breathing. You have to look back sometimes to look forward. You got to get a look at your testimony. That's why it says we're overcomer by the word of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Why? Because we got to look at our testimony and say, dang, I was wrecked. So I can help you in your wrecked state. We have to know that the generosity of this boy brought the truth. And here's the thing. Generosity kills self and pride. Self and pride. We need to show people that God can use them even at their most horrible times in her life what you have is enough and as i close we see these three stories and we can go through the bible and name story after story after story after story jesus was in the in the business of taking people that you would not even like put part of the story and make them the main characters peter put his foot in his mouth every three seconds Peter was one of those guys that are like, hey, we're friends from afar. Because you, what you, when you're around you, we get in trouble. But what did Jesus say? Hey, on this rock, I'm building all this. You know, the Samaritan woman. Where people, number one, a woman. And back in those days, women had no worth. But what did he do? He took cultural things that was not accepted and just went after it. I'm gonna talk to this woman and she's gonna be the first one to tell this good news in this place. Jesus, if you read the Bible, you see he does crazy, miraculous things with people that people, uh, that people will write off. What can he do with your life? What can he do with your insecurity? What can he do with your failures? What can he do with your things that you bring to the table? We don't see people as problems. We see people as opportunities that God can use because we don't work on projects. We work on purpose and we work on promise. We all go back to the, if you go to anybody and say, hey, give me, name one scripture in the Bible. What is the scripture going to say? John 3.16. Everybody knows that. It's on everything, all right? Like, we don't even go to that verse anymore because it's like, okay, John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in it shall not perish but have eternal life. We do not quit on people. A little quick little testimony. My son, well, all of our kids are in soccer and we're doing competitive soccer for the first time, which is intense, very intense. Where they used to do one practice, we're doing three practices, uh, uh, you know, and my son didn't do anything with soccer, so he's out of shape. And he comes to the point a couple practices ago, he said, Dad, I don't want to do soccer anymore. Like, he's sweating. The coach had him, they got, I mean, they had him running. And he comes, like, all seriousness, trying to drink his water. Dad, I don't want to do soccer anymore. And I said, why? It's hard. 
I looked at him and said, son, we don't quit. We said we're going to do it. We're going to finish it. He said, okay. I say to you, do not quit on people. The mission is not done. It's going to be hard. It's going to take some time out of your schedule. It's going to be exhausting at times because people are exhausting. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to be willing to put some tough skin on. But why do we do why, what do we, why do we do what we do? It's because Jesus came to this world for people. He died on the cross for people. So as believers of Jesus Christ, we have to live our life not so close-minded that we can't reach out to the people that are right in front of us that are hurting and they're looking for a savior. You don't live your life for church. You live your life for people. We come to church to gather together to worship the king. But what our true mission is, is to love the person that is next to us. Is to love the person that, that doesn't agree with us. Is to put our political thing. It doesn't matter about an elephant. It doesn't matter about a donkey. It doesn't matter about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And what we need to do as believers is put our differences aside and do what Jesus did is to look at the ones that are down and out and love people. Love people doesn't mean that you love what they, like some of the sin. You got to keep them accountable. But we do it in a way that shows love, just as Jesus did. Just as Jesus did. It's all of our mission. Let me shut this before I keep on talking because I'm passionate about this. It's our mission. It's not only Pastor Eric, Pastor Jess, Pastor Ryan, Pastor, it, it's, not all, it's not only, a, it's all of our mission to love people. There are going to be people that I never meet that you will. How are we showing them the love of Christ? Because if we listen and read the Gospels, we see a clear example of what Jesus did. He didn't look down. He didn't judge. He loved them, put truth in their life, and walked them out, and walked with them throughout the, that's what he did with the disciples. Until now, we are walking in their mission of the church. Peter, the worst of the worst. On this rock, I build my church. We're the church. He built it on somebody that others would disqualify. Open your eyes. Open your eyes to see what God is doing in your workplaces. Open your eyes to see what God is doing in your schools. Open your eyes to see what God is doing in the spaces that you're in. Because there's somebody that needs to know what you have. And that is Jesus. We preach Jesus, one of our core values. Jesus is the message. Jesus. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, 
We love you, and we're in this together.